This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Ah, yeah. Episode 215 of the Clay Young Show is here. At podcast225.com. Our second one this week as we are in political season all across Louisiana. Hearing from people in other parts of the world who are either from here or tied to something going on in Louisiana. And I appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. My email address, by the way, directly because I've gotten a couple of emails about some things is clay at podcast225.com. All the social media stuff I'll tell you about. At the end of the show, I could tell you now that if you are an Apple user, you can subscribe using the Apple Podcast app, and you'll get one of these anytime it pops up, whether it be this show or the We Be Our podcast. You can get them by just subscribing on the Apple Podcast app. More about that coming up after our guest today, Preston Castile, the attorney who has a really impressive resume, is running to be a member of the Louisiana Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, the Bessie Board here in District 8, replacing a phenomenal person in her own right who is not running for re-election. And as I said to you before our conversation with Dr. Bo Clark last week, or last week, force of habit, earlier this week, we're going to be talking with a number of people who are in races, and I am looking very much forward to that. Uh, And... This one is going to be good. Looking forward to this, sitting down with Preston and talking about what he thinks about higher ed and why he wants to do this job. The political season is here. Hopefully you're excited about the dialogue ahead. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with Preston Castile, who is a candidate for Bessie District 8. The Bessie Board is the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education here in Louisiana. Preston is a partner at Taylor Porter. 
He is a member of the board of directors for the Baton Rouge Area Foundation and is a graduate of the Tulane Law School and the Southern University right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Man, how are you? Welcome to the studio. I'm Greg Clay. <laughs> thanks for having me. And thanks for that introduction. Uh, you got a, it. You got as it. As you know, I'm a proud Jaguar. Well, you know, that's the, what we the, do. <laughs> the nation is is very much alive and strong. If you've never visited, it's it's a gorgeous campus. It's on the bluff. It's right on the, the banks of the Mississippi. It's beautiful during the day. Lots of great places to grab food. But then in Louisiana, I mean, that's hard hard to mess it, up. It is hard to mess up. And so uh, the, the Southern campus in Baton Rouge is gorgeous, and I recommend it. So, But let's get to you, man. You are now a candidate for Bessie District 8. The incumbent, Jada Lewis, is not going to be running for re-election. Jada is an amazing person. She's been an academician for a very long time and now is is kind of got one foot in that and the other foot kind of in the private sector as well. And and I and you're going to, I believe, be the person to to win that seat, in my opinion. Why are you running for Bessie? Well, uh, again, thanks for having me. You know, for me, education has been empowering, and I've dubbed my campaign the Power of Education mm-hmm. campaign. And the reason for that is that education has done so much for me in my life. Mm-hmm. I started off in public schools in a very small town in Port Barry, Louisiana, yeah. uh, in St. Landry Parish, and then ultimately in Opelousas. And my, my, my family was very, very poor. Uh, we didn't have very, very much growing up. But I had a, a few things that, that really allowed me to have an incredible existence. A great family, mm-hmm. a great church community, mm-hmm. and education, which has allowed me to do things that a little boy <laughs> on the banks of the bayou in Port Barrett and yeah. the projects of Opelousas yeah. could have never imagined such an existence to have been an economist, a Baton Rouge City Court judge, mm-hmm. to have been a law professor at LSU, That's right. currently a professor at Southern University Law Center, right. and then practicing with a great law firm for the last 25 years has been an amazing journey for me. But one thing that I've learned, Clay, and that is to whom much is given, much is required. Jesus said that. That's right. And, and that's so true because yeah. I've been blessed in many ways. And I think it's incumbent upon me to give back in whatever way I can. And many people don't realize that Bessie, the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, is a volunteer it's volunteer. There are There is no salary for that's it. Right. And I've, I've volunteered in a lot of ways, worked with a lot of amazing schools, uh, public schools in Baton Rouge, uh, for the last 25 years since I've been back uh, to the city. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of different models. And and I've also seen the struggles of our education system. Right. And, uh, and there are some challenges. Mm-hmm. And it's important that every kid in this city in this state has an opportunity to have a great education. And our public education system was created for that reason. Right. When you look back historically, why this country created an educational system in large measure over time, mm-hmm. it was to uplift society, right. to uplift individual people, men and women. And that role and that purpose of the education system is critical for us to, one, recognize, but to ensure that we accomplish that for generations to come because every little kid every little boy every little girl deserves a great education and that has to be intentional yeah. not enough just to say that yeah but what do you do in terms of setting policy 
to it, make that happen. It's interesting because the Bessie board is the policy board, and and you know there are a number of things that will cross your desk and cross the dais that you guys will be discussing. And depending on where you are in Louisiana, public education is either a crown jewel or it's an albatross based upon how the system is working. And I think public education is not only necessary, man, it's consequential to what our society is going to look like. But how do you reconcile the 2019 version of public education that is the traditional model and the charter model and and the, the myriad charter schools that are out there either doing a great job or not doing a great job? How do you reconcile where we are now in that in that universe of public education, if that's a good question. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. And as you know, I teach education law and policy. Mm-hmm. The benefit of doing that is you get to see the, the history of education and how it's evolved right. over time. And what we see in this particular moment in time is the state's attempt to look for creative, innovative solutions mm-hmm. that can work. Right. And sometimes the state doesn't always get it right. And sometimes individual schools don't always get it right. And sometimes they knock it out of the park. Right. And so the the fact that Louisiana, through the wisdom of the legislature, is has created an opportunity to have some innovative models that can work, I think it's fantastic. How you implement that is also always a challenge. I will tell you, you know, one school that I, I work with that have sort of figured it out in many respects as the Helix Community Schools and the Mentorship Academy right. uh, downtown that, that they work with Man. very underprivileged uh, yeah. children, but yeah. give them an opportunity as a high school to, to go on, be successful, incredibly high graduation rate. Mm-hmm. Clay, you probably know that uh, that, that school has... Uh, pivoted and uh, is growing, right? And that is, we've got Helix Aviation Academy that's going to launch in the fall of mm-hmm. 2020. Mentorship Legal Academy that's going to launch in the fall of 2020. Now, what's the significance of that? And that is, is that in this state to be able to recognize that that we can help kids, right? But we can also uh, tie what they do, their learning, to the real world to the, the aviation industry, mm-hmm. to have young children who come from disadvantaged backgrounds with the Aviation Academy yeah. that will be located literally at the Baton Rouge Airport that would allow them to become That's so aer- awesome. you know, aerospace engineers, yeah. to, to learn to fly airplanes yeah. as while they're in high school, to learn to maintain and work on, to become crew leaders, to learn to fly manned and unmanned aircraft and mm-hmm. to be a feeder into the aviation uh, system. Mm-hmm. And that industry is is important for Louisiana, but for the whole country and for the whole world. But to create a model that could do that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. To, to have created a model that can work with the Baton Rouge Community College System, which is what the Aviation Academy expects to do, or with the Mentorship Academy that has a partnership with Southern University. So right. as a Southern alum, it's wonderful to go through and walk through downtown Baton Rouge and see Southern University and Mentorship STEAM mm-hmm. Academy on the same building with a partnership that brings together professions and K-12 and college and right. K-12, so right. the legal profession, the aviation uh, industry. The, the point is this, is that as we evolve as a system, we want to 
create an opportunity for us to have a, a, a system that's practical, mm-hmm. that works with business and works with industry. We also want to be able to create a model that can take kids from wherever they are when they are challenged or when they have exceptional abilities that we can find kids where they are and meet them Mm -hmm. and allow them to be successful. All too often, um, too often, that doesn't happen because we do have cracks in the system and we hope to fill those cracks with, uh, with, with greater examples of success in our public school system. And I, and I always have to say this, and I remember that with public schools, the charter schools are public schools, we yep. have traditional public schools, yep. we have magnet schools, yep. we have gifted and talented mm-hmm. programs, and we have all sorts of programs in an attempt to try to create the perfect educational system mm-hmm. for our children. So I think it's it's great that we, we have options uh, for families, yeah. for children, um, and they're good public school uh, resources uh, for many of our children. How do we relanguage, uh, it, at least in the capital region, uh, education? And what I mean by that is when people generally speak in absolutes in politics, period, nowadays, but as it relates to the traditional public model, there are some things in the East Baton Rouge Parish public school system that definitely need to be improved, changed, modernized, what have you. But there are a number of things that are working very well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so we can, it's the same goes with charters. People hate charters. Some people hate charters because they see charters as being almost uh, a piracy on, on the traditional model. And in some cases there have been charters that have gotten it wrong, but then there are charters that come along that are innovative in their approach. They connect with these children and they win. How do we relanguage this to where we are adults talking about this able to agree that there are areas where we need improvement, but also acknowledge what's working so that it there is more a spirit of almost a collegial spirit of let's do it versus this tribal adversary thing that's happening now. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question because oftentimes we forget that this is, this is all about students. This mm-hmm. is all about children. Mm-hmm. This is all about kids. Right. What really works for our kids and, and, and I understand, as you described it, the tribalism, mm-hmm. and that, that really is so unfortunate because we really should be all working together to figure out what is the best and what are the best solutions for children. Period. Period. And mm-hmm. I, I will agree, all across the state, not just in Baton Rouge right. and EBR, but there, there are some really wonderful, great traditional public school systems. <laughs> yes, and what indeed. we want to do is enhance them yes. by every stretch of the imagination. If we some, see something going great, like Baton Rouge High. Baton Rouge High is a great example mm-hmm. of how many Baton Rouge Highs can we replicate so right. that we can deliver that wonderful academic performance. So and every fact, child has a shot at that. Every child. And the fact that the EBR system then created Lehigh. Right. Like, well, we're going to replicate that excellence. Right. And like, how can we create more of those? Right. And I think those are the sorts of models when we see them. Well, how do we build upon that? And that may be a traditional model. If there's an opportunity to create something else that that serves a segment of the population in a different way, because remember, children are different. Absolutely. We don't have a a homogenous population of students where all their needs are exactly the same. Right. And we want to be able to meet the needs of all 720,000 of our public school students. And that sometimes means we think out of the box Mm -hmm. and that we don't see it this way because maybe this child learns a certain way and another child learns another way. 
this one needs a little more help and and at different times and i'll use the example of me that that while you know i ended up graduating valedictorian of my high school mm-hmm. but there were times in certain areas that i really struggled mm-hmm. but if teachers weren't paying attention and recognized that at this moment in time this kid needed help in a different way that I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Good so educators we, change your life. They they do, and they did for yeah. me. They yeah. absolutely did for me. Yeah. And so you know, and the other thing is we talk about models, but we really should be talking more about students and what do we need to do to to help them be successful, mm-hmm. irrespective of the model. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of them out there, and I'm sure. glad we have them. Mm-hmm. But then, what are we doing for our teachers? You know, the, because right. they, you know, when you talked about teachers and mentioned that, it sparked the fact that. If you've got great educators, and we have a lot of great yes, educators we do. across this thing. Who make great sacrifices. Incredible sacrifices. And and they should be applauded and they should be lauded. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that it shouldn't always be at such great sacrifice. Right. I mean, if, if they are truly our most precious resources in the educational system, mm-hmm. we should reward them. In Absolutely. Way. If we say that they're as good as and important as doctors and lawyers and engineers and computer mm-hmm. scientists, why don't we reward them in mm-hmm. that way? If we are giving them the responsibility of educating the the minds of our future, building our society, if something as important as that that we lay in their hands and we don't compensate them appropriately, there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. It really is a problem with with the way our society functions. And it's a, it, and we are losing educators to states that are saying we value you. That uh, you know education systems that say we we see the importance of what you do. We're going to compensate you based upon that. And here, I, I couldn't say I couldn't have said it any better than you just did. It should be a priority because their role is so important. I mean, they and in any given moment in a day, they're wearing, uh, they're switching from an educator's hat to a mom hat or a dad hat or a, uh, a psychiatrist hat or a therapist. I mean, they have to juggle a lot in the course of the day. And when you watch children interact with their teachers, especially kindergartners or first graders and you see that bond you realize that person is so important to where we're heading as a society my wife has a middle school math teacher was an elementary school teacher and what she does is far more difficult (laughs) than what i do as a as a lawyer uh, as a judge, as a she's got to argue a case every day. She does <laughs> every and, hour, and, and and the fact that she is managing all of those personalities yeah. and then teaching them, and, yeah, uh, it's so fascinating to me uh, that what we expect from our teachers is the world, yeah, just the world, and yeah. we need them, yeah. But our system, and that's why this this position of Bessie is incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it, incredibly important mm-hmm. because the system that we've created over time is not setting the right priorities and saying that we believe if this were a business yep if the education system were a business and we realized that we needed the best talent mm-hmm. if we were a basketball team yeah. a pro basketball team <laughs> or football That's team so good. we would be recruiting the best talent and right. we'd be throwing millions at them right. to make and we do as a as a country as right. a society right. we value that right. where we pay these folks to do what they do because they're incredibly talented. Right. But those people who are on the front lines every day, shaping right. society, right. shaping America, shaping our communities, and, and frankly, shaping our families, right. we don't value them at the same level. 
there is something wrong with the way we've structured our system. So Bessie yeah. has the ability, and me and others who mm -hmm. will represent that board if I'm fortunate, mm -hmm. will have the, an opportunity to reshape our system, right. redesign it in a way. So for me, it's humbling to have an opportunity to perhaps serve on a board that could reshape society, mm -hmm. reshape our entire state, that we reprioritize. And I, I love Jaguar football, Tiger football, mm -hmm. right. you know, Cajun football, the right. Saints, everything right. else. And that's a wonderful moment in time when mm -hmm. we have that, that euphoric experience yeah. on a yeah. Saturday or a Sunday or a Friday mm -hmm. night. But every day on the front lines, yep. our teachers are laying it on the line. Yep. And they're hopefully scoring touchdowns for our children. Because we need them to. And we need them to. Yeah. But we've got to do more. We can't lose them to Texas. We right. can't lose them to Georgia. We right. can't lose them to Mississippi. Because we are. We can't lose them to private industry. And right. we are. And too many uh, talented people choose not to go into the education profession or they leave, they come and they stay a short period of time. And if we don't keep that talent pool in the education system, then we're going to get results that we don't want. It's funny because I have a relative uh, who just graduated from LSU with an education degree and is now teaching someplace else. And it wasn't juggling between here and someplace else. This place wasn't considered an option. And it was mostly because of what I alluded to a second ago, the way it's languaged. What you just said, we don't talk like we have value for our teachers publicly. So when you've got a kid who wants to teach, they have a passion to educate kids and you turn on the news or pick up the newspaper or listen to the, the, the debate, you know, you, you're, you're almost you're almost treated like a pariah in the school system, because if you have a problem with the way funding runs, the way that you're talked about. And again, I'm a fan of us getting back to an adult level of dialogue, period, not just in education, but with everything. But that's another subject. I wanted to ask you about something. I was in Caddo. I did some work with the school system there. And there is a high school and, and my company was shooting a video for them uh, May of last year. And so we're there and we're shooting parts of the school. We, we saw a few graduations that day. Really great day. And we go into this one high school and they have a courtroom. And I walked into the courtroom and the instructor is an attorney, but who also teaches there. And the kids in the in the courtroom, because it looked like a courtroom. It wasn't just some, some chairs. I mean, they had the bench. They had the, you know, the, the gallery, they had the whole thing, the jury box. And they were conducting a, 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 a case, a trial. And we sat and watched for a while. And I told my camera guy, I said, you know. <laughs> if this had been around in my high school when I was a kid, I'd probably be an attorney because the energy in that room is an example of giving a kid a chance to, to try on their dream for a little while and then go do the work to actually own it. And it's a, that's a very long winded way of, of asking are we doing enough of that? Like you, you referenced mentorship and what they're doing with, with avionics and, and that. Are we doing enough to give kids a chance to get a sneak peek into what they're capable of through education? Yeah. Uh, again, great point. And we can do more. We mm -hmm. clearly can do more. And the models that some of our schools are working on now is to give that very much hands-on um, 
feel to mm-hmm. the education system because so I teach law school. Yeah. Teaching law school. That's why it was I, a perfect I, question. I, for yeah, you. I, I teach a, several different courses in addition to education, law, and policy. And so over the years, I've taught Louisiana civil procedure, evidence, trial advocacy, and pretrial litigation. Mm-hmm. So I, I particularly like when I've taught the trial ad and pretrial litigation courses because I do it differently. Because mm-hmm. as a practitioner, it's not about lecturing and, and saying, here's what you need to do. If you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to try a case. And I actually tell students, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to let you just simply do it. Here's a book. Go try this case. I, I break up my law school classes for trial ad, which I'm also teaching this semester. In trial ad, I set up a plaintiff's firm and a defense firm. And I said, here's a case. It's a real case. It's a case that I handled some time ago that, that settled. But I, so we don't know what the outcome would have been had we tried the case. Mm-hmm. But you go and try it. Here are all the witnesses. Here are all of the exhibits that need to be introduced. You go and do it. The students learn way more Absolutely. than if I stood before the class and lectured right. on how you introduce right. uh, exhibits into evidence mm-hmm. or how you cross-examine a witness. They learn so much more. And the same is true with young people mm-hmm. at all ages. If, if I, I can tell you how to ride a bike mm-hmm. when you're five, mm-hmm. but until you get on that bike, you're never really going to know. Right. I can tell you how to swim, but until you jump in the water right. and try to swim, That's right. you're never going to know. <laughs> so I think the same thing applies with education at the K-12 level. So the more we can take students and put them in the environment where they can touch it, they can mm-hmm. feel it. Like I never, growing up, I don't know that I'd ever met a lawyer. I'd met a doctor. Yeah. But in my little town, I'd being a lawyer right so I was a pre-med major right and I started being exposed to some other things yeah. and and I said there are other things that I can do in the world but I didn't get that exposure until late in life and if we can expose children through the educational process mm-hmm. we have an incredible opportunity so when we were talking a little bit about our teachers and and the challenge that they have what I didn't touch on is the fact that there are so many other things that that impacts the lives of children. So mm-hmm. that exposure goes back to children who have never crossed the Mississippi Bridge or, right. or been on a college campus, yeah. and they don't have that exposure because of, of their particular environment. Mm-hmm. So while teachers, on one hand, I've heard them say, pay is one thing, but it's all the other things that we have to deal with where, where children come from really challenged backgrounds and and if everybody wants a good quality of life yeah so one is having uh compensation but the other is all the other services so it's important to to go back to your point that we have programs that reach kids where they are and they can see it but it's also recognizing that kids need to be exposed to Absolutely. other parts of the world. When you take your kids on vacation, mm-hmm. when I take my kids on vacation, when they see adults interacting in the real world, mm-hmm. when we model for them what careers look like, Absolutely. jobs look like, Absolutely. opportunities to be successful, whether it's learning to be a lawyer, learning to be uh, the leader of a school, whether it's an engineer, whether it's a political consultant, to be an on-air personality, mm-hmm. when they can see see it then they can they can imagine and dream but if you've never imagined something you've never seen it before if you've never seen it in action 
it's hard to dream it's so to dream. so true Preston and and for so many kids culturally speaking especially in poorer communities the things that they get to touch and be around so often are people in pop culture whether it be sports or music or or television but in what I like to call the real world where people have to get up and go to work every day there are all kinds of people who do all kinds of things that these kids never never really engage with I remember the first time um, going into, I was asked to come speak to a, a group of kids at some program in, in a little town near here and being in a suit and not going to court or church was a thing. And it didn't offend me that, that you know, the kids were asking those questions because I got it. But it gave, me an, it gave me an opportunity to just say, you know, you can do anything you want to do. And, and I tell my kids, the one thing in life that you can control is how hard you work. Because you can't really control if people like you or not. You can't really control how the weather is going to be. And then sometimes life will throw you curveballs that you didn't see coming that you have to deal with. But you can control how hard you work. And I do believe in giving kids an opportunity to see all of the things, all of the possibilities that are there for them to achieve, especially in poorer communities. It's needed more there. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I, it, it's true. I, so I have the same experience, and and mine is I usually walk into certain uh, places, communities, environments, and the first thing I get is because they see a suit, you must be a preacher. Uh, and, I really and, hate that. I've, yeah. I've I've come to hate that. I got to get over that. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and and it's great that uh, not that not that there's anything wrong with that. Sure. It's just that but it's that, a wider category. That's right. <laughs> and 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 we've got to expose yeah. ourselves. Yeah. As men yeah um as women yeah um but our, but you know with, with our men to to have an opportunity for our children to see us doing all sorts of different things and whether it's a wonderful blue collar job and mm-hmm. there are absolutely wonderful blue yes there are jobs. and and in fact um they you know jobs that not only provide a great living for our family but a great quality of life and we want to steer children in all sorts of different directions because not every kid is college material well and not every kid wants to, to right. go to college and, or, and that's what i mean or, by that not right. that they couldn't it's just they, they, it's not the path that they want and there are a number of places where they can be employed 20 30 years earn a great living take care of their families and retire being able to live the life they choose yeah yeah no and it's just good again having those options and, yeah and you know, I've done lots of things in my life, and and there there are times when, with practicing law, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I, at some point, I'd like to go. I like working with my hands. Yeah, maybe I might want to just go and do something different. Right. And so it's, but it's good to have options. Options. Yeah. As a, as a professional yep. of any type. Yep. And we want to make sure our our children see those options, but we also want to give them the skills. The mm-hmm. worst thing that can happen as a parent is to is to look back. And I, and I say parent, maybe parents collectively, and mm-hmm. know that our children are going into the world and they don't have the tools and the skills to be successful. And remember, what's happening in, the, in those formative years is we are equipping our children with skills to defend themselves, to protect themselves, to provide for themselves and their families. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't giving them those tools and lots of tools, because it's one thing to give one tool and say, well, you know how to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing I could do is be a lawyer. Well, then, you know, let's say the legal profession drives, dries up. Right. What am I going to do? If the only thing I could do is be a doctor or mm-hmm. a plumber. Or mm-hmm. a plumber. We've got to make sure that our children 
one has all sorts of skills, but also has the ability to learn something else. Right. If something changes, can we evolve? Can we think through solutions? So are we creating thinkers? Are we giving our children those very important skills to be mm -hmm. successful adults where they can provide for their families and they can provide for their children and they can be great contributors to society and the community? Uh, and they can be the, the next Clay Young of the, of, of the world. And that's what we want for our children. I think that, um, you, like I said in the in the open, you have been in this sphere for a long time. I'm I'm very happy that this is a challenge that you are taking on because it's it's so important. The Bessie board, and I guess because it flies so under the radar because it's basically the state's school board, people don't think about it. But the Bessie board is so important to where Louisiana is heading. And, and I think, and there's some good people who serve currently. And sure, Jada was absolutely. an amazing representative on the Bessie board. And I think that you're going to carry that on and do great work. If people want to learn more about your candidacy and campaign, how can they find that? Yeah, so I have a website. It's PrestonForBessie.com. Um, and you can email me as well. But I also have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So please go to my uh, Preston Castle for Bessie Facebook page. Check us out. Go to our website. Wonderful information. And right. you can email me uh, if you want to. PrestonForBessie at gmail.com. And uh, I'm always available. We're always looking for good support and lots of information. Out there. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on. Don't be a stranger. Absolutely not. This has been wonderful. I look forward to doing it again. Please help me back. Uh, this has been a I great will. opportunity, and I, I look forward to talking to you again whenever given the opportunity. In fact, going into the beginning of the year when the agenda is, is, is being set for this, um, because I do believe you're going to be successful at being able to talk about what people can expect. January presents a great opportunity because it's the midway point for kids in public school, but it, it's also the beginning of the calendar year where you guys are looking down the line at, at what's happening and being able to get your hands around an agenda. And, I, and, and I'd love to be able to have you back to talk more about that. Well, I, I look forward to being back. Let me, before we end, I want to thank Jada Lewis for her endorsement yeah. of, of my campaign and, yeah. and my candidacy. Uh, she's been uh, wonderful on Bessie. And I look forward to the opportunity to taking uh, over from the work that she's done mm -hmm. and greatly appreciate and want to publicly acknowledge uh, her support of my candidacy. Jada is uh, is is a good friend and a great person, and I think so often when you lose talent on in an elected office, you wonder about well, what's what are we going to have in its place? Well, folks, I can guarantee you, you're going to be in good hands. And so, uh, Preston, we appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Clay. Thanks for having me. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. This is The Clay Young Show. Appreciated Preston Castile stopping by and talking about his candidacy for the Bessie board here in Louisiana. It's a good conversation. Really, really smart guy. But then you were able to tell that 
Education has been a major part of what he's been able to do in his life, and I think that he cares about kids and what's happening with education across Louisiana. And if you go look him up and see what his past has been like as it relates to education, you can see that he's been really in this area for a long time. He's occupied that space, as they say now, for a number of years. And we got more conversations with people who are what I like to call game changers as we move through the political season here in Louisiana, regionally, in the parish, statewide. A lot of business still to get conducted. Thank you again for being here on episode 215. We got a few of these to happen before this is all over way in November. But if you haven't done so yet, you can subscribe to the show on the Apple Podcast app. Just go there, hit that button, and anytime there is something new from podcast225.com, you're going to be in it. You'll get it. You'll have it. You'll know about it. While you're there, leave us a rating. You know, on the show earlier this week, I said you could leave us a rating, and I joked about it being a four-star rating. Well, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Actually, the top rating is five, so you can, you can, you know. And also, uh, you can leave a comment there and say something about the show. Pretty sure it's going to be positive because, hey, what is there negative that you can say about it? I'm sure there are people out there who could probably find something, but they'd have to work really hard at that. Again, thanks again for being here with us. We appreciate it. As I just ramble to wrap this show up, I just look, I love being with you. Enjoy talking with you, man. Try to keep it here for a long time. Stretch it out, you know. But it's okay. We got more to do. More shows on the way. Uh, Again, you can email me, clay at podcast225.com. Thanks again for Preston being our guest here in studio for the show. And another show is on the way before you know it here at podcast225.com. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.